0: okay good morning everyone good to see all the happy shiny faces and yes it's it's a bitterly cold day here in the north country in norwood new york uh, so wherever you're listening from welcome online uh we are here though so what we're going to do is we're going to start with a story in the old testament last year or last uh, sunday i really enjoyed our walking around these walls uh, message i enjoyed that where we looked at joshua well, right now we're going to look at another old testament figure we're going to look at saul and not in his finest moments. We've got a few slides to, to crank through here, but we're gonna look at the one of the things uh, that Saul went through that we can learn from. So, <laughs> so all Israel heard the news. Saul's attacked the, the Philistine outpost. This is First Samuel thirteen four, I think. And Israel's become a stench to the Philistines. The people were summoned to join Saul at Gilgal, and the, uh, the Philistines assembled to fight Israel with 3,000 chariots and more. They went up and camped at Michmash, east of Beth-Avon. When the men of Israel saw their situation was critical and their army was hard-pressed, they hid in caves and thickets among rocks and pits and cisterns. Some Hebrews even crossed the river Jordan to the land of Gad and Gilead. Saul remained at Gilgal, and all the troops with him were quaking with fear. He waited seven days, the time set by Samuel, but Samuel did not come to Gilgal, and Saul's men began to scatter. So he said, bring me the burnt offering and the fellowship offerings. And Saul offered up the burnt offering. Just as he finished making the offering, Samuel arrived. And Saul went out to greet him. What have you done? Asked Samuel. Saul replied, when I saw the men were scattering and you didn't come at the set time and the Philistines were assembling at Michmash, I thought, well, now the Philistines are going to come against me at Gilgal and I've not sought the Lord's favor. So I felt compelled to offer the burnt offering. You acted foolishly. You've not kept the command the Lord your God gave you. If you had, you would have established your kingdom over Israel for all time. But now your kingdom will not endure. The Lord has sought out a man after his own heart and appointed him leader of his people because you've not kept the Lord's command. So now there are def- definitely different ways to read that. One of which I would call big angry God where you're reading it in your room and you feel a disconnect. Oh, look at that. This guy did something. He screwed it up and God's mad. mad. So when I screw things up, God must get mad. And, and that's, okay. Do Right, though? Even as I'm reading this, I feel that temptation knock on my door. But here's the thing, too. This is not Huck Finn. This is not literature. This is the living word of God. So what we do is, my advice, number one, you always pray for wisdom when you get into the word of God. There is something God wants to teach you every time you come to him. Just like I want to teach my, my children when they come to me, Right. Because the more we learn and the more we walk in wisdom, the better our lives will be. It's absolutely true. So here I see this person, and a lot of people tell you that this is a story about Saul's fear or his impatience, and you can go hear a lot of sermons about that. That's not what I'm going to talk about today. When I read this, I actually get something uh, completely differently, uh, different than that. I get the word control, which goes really well with the end of Steph's prayer. <laughs> So if you look up the word control in the old Webster's Dictionary, which we used to have to go to libraries for, but now we can just type it on our phones and whatnot, it'll say the power to influence or direct people's behavior or the course of events. So I see Saul who made a a mistake that will echo through eternity, not because he's scared I think Saul has known enough. I don't think he's like, oh my gosh, he's not here. This is awful. I don't see that. I see those may have been the words he said, but I don't see that. What I see instead, and other things in his life, I see Saul makes that mistake because he wants to influence or direct the course of events. And that would make more sense as to why God reacted the way he reacted. Because if my kid's scared, I don't hurt them. I comfort them. If my kid tries to take control of something that he cannot take control of, I take the wheel away from him. Do you understand that? If he goes near my, my, my wood stove, let's say, they know desperately not to go near any of my firearms or weapons or anything like that or run with scissors. You start doing that, Tonto, I'm a little more firm with that. Give me that. You don't touch that. You know you don't touch that, right? Yes. Right? Yes. But if he's scared, I don't clobber him, do I? So that's why it's not a story of, Saul just made a mistake, he poo I don't see that. I see... Let's, let's think about this, too. Israel is God's kids. Saul is the leader, the one he's trusted to lead his kids, and he just almost led them to death. And the good, good father says, hey, you get it? So big, angry God is actually not here at all, is he? That was just our first sweep. We see big, angry God overreacts. Big, loving, good, good father protects and if he can't trust Saul time and again to keep leading, the worst thing a good dad would do was keep him in that office, right? Okay, you're kind of with me. Good job. Let's look at, uh, let's look at Proverbs. Oh, wait, stop, stop, sorry. What I want to say this. i got to get through this. I've got so much for you today. I really do. And it's awesome, Kirk, I promise. <laughs> Not because I said it, because I'm still getting rocked by it too. I want to say this. We can often do this, guys. We can have to do this. Now, Saul, again, I'm not judging Saul because he says, I want God involved. This is what he's commanded. Samuel's not here, so I'll do it. It's not like he's trying to go into the battle without God. See, that's what we often think, right? There's people with God. There's people without God. But I want to say this. So often in times, if we're not careful, we take on a form of submission to God, surrender, but we still steer situations and people with our thoughts and actions. Proverbs, please. This is what I say. Trust in the Lord with your own heart and lean not on the way you think things should go or your understanding of certain situations or people or how things operate in this world. But in all your ways acknowledge him and it'll make your path straight. Now I told you this before, the word acknowledge there is the Hebrew word yada. And it's the same word for, do you have Genesis next, Four one. ah, okay. Can't go wrong with the word of God. And Adam yadad Eve, his wife. That's where the word comes from. Wow. That's a real intimate word. Let me say it again. So in all your ways, yada the Lord, and Adam and Eve yada each other. Now, what does it mean to truly be, int- get, get the physical act out of your mind for a second. But to truly know someone means intimacy, right? It means to truly physically allow that person. Some people say into me you see, right? Into me, intimacy, no barriers, no walls, fully exposed, vulnerable. That's the picture, guys. First of all, let me touch on this for a second. You know where our society's got it wrong? The physical act of intimacy, you know what I'm talking about, is the shadow of the real thing. The real thing is the, is the covenant joining between a man and a woman. And the shadow is what you get to do to, to celebrate that. You know what we did? Nah, we just want this over here. And God's like, no, but that's not the real thing. It's just the shadow. Nah, God, we just want the shadow. Now we wonder why lots of us are burned out, broken, with giving pieces of ourselves away that we can never get back. It's just the shadow. I just want the shadow, God. You got it backwards, man. The real thing is the knowing and the being known and the vulnerability. And that's how you're supposed to acknowledge the Lord your God all the days of your life. Whoa. But it also explains to me, you ready for me to tie this up well? Bruce, check this out. I always say this. David was a man after God's own heart. Why? Because he was, wow, (laughs) I was going to (laughs) say, How crude can I be today? Because he was into other men's wife. No. Because he was a bit bloodthirsty at times. Is that why? No, because he yadahed God. He was a man after God's own heart because he just tore it open, didn't he? And he said, Lord, I share all of myself with you. Which ironically, like I said in this story, Saul, you're out because I'm raising up a man after my own heart. Do you get it? It actually ties together really, really well. So we're talking about control today. In all your ways, acknowledge the Lord your God. In all your ways, don't hide from him anymore. A lot of us, the reason we hide from him is because of what I already talked about, which is this, big angry God on the mountain. I don't understand him. I broke a law. I'm not good anymore. And that's a complete misunderstanding of a relationship with God. It is. Every time God shows up, this is good. I like this. Some of you think that you're supposed to fear God. let me just give you something and then you can figure it out in your own time Uncle AJ will just help you to try to figure it out for you I never tell you how to think or what to think every time God shows up he says this don't be afraid don't be afraid the Lord your God is with you don't be afraid because I'm with you if you're supposed to fear God then he's asking you to keep a command you can't keep do you get it if he wanted you to tremble oh my god I can't because if you fear something it's something that you don't trust and perfect love casts out fear. Saul looked at the situation. This is us in our lives. The people, the places, the situations, the uncertain future, the sickness, whatever it may be. And we look at it and there's a, there's a part of us that says, I can't trust. And because of that, there's a level of fear. And God says, if you will just open yourself to me and know and be known, all of that will go. And I will, I will lead you, right? Go back a slide, please. Go back to the Proverbs. This is such a good one, guys. Listen, a good verse to remember. Just trust in the Lord with all your heart. Now, hold on. What's your heart? Your heart is is the same word as your mind or your soul, okay? Your heart is the part of you that you control. If he said spirit, you can't do that because the spirit belongs to Jesus Christ, to the believer. If he said your body, you've got no command over your body. Right. I mean, you can't. Your body's aging in the whole nine. But the heart is your will. Get it? So trust in the Lord with all your heart. Well, what if my heart only believes about this much today? Then you take the this much and that's what you trust in the Lord with. Amen? Why y'all think that you gotta be full up and mighty warrior of God? Listen, some days you're not that, but take what you do have and trust in the Lord with it. Couple that with this. Understand that you don't understand. The older I get, I gotta tell you something, man. The beginning of wisdom is this. You're not wise. Seriously, The beginning of wisdom is this. You don't know Jack. I'm serious. I, and I'm not swearing, which is, uh, aren't I growing up? <laughs> I used to cuss up here all the time. No, seriously. I mean, and, and the beginning of wisdom is this. The guy on TV squawking at you, he doesn't have all the answers either. And he's probably got an agenda. Oh, that's one's for free. That really, that, that wisdom itself is spread out among all the people. And maybe if I open my ears more... Right? It's like she said too. You got two ears and one mouth. But I got to understand that I don't really know much and lots of people don't really know much and that's okay. Because if I cling to what I know, then I'm going to control situations to, re- to reflect what I feel like I know. Does that make sense? There's a psychological principle there, but we got to keep going. We got to keep going. Hold nothing back from God. Understand your love; He knows it anyway. We've talked before about regrets. I'm not happy. I'm not fulfilled, but I don't want to say anything about it. God's not surprised. I've got areas of disappointment in my life currently, right now. And I can do this. I don't want to yell at God. I don't want to pour out my complaint. But you already have it. You have the complaint. So you either pour it out or you're poisoned by it, right? A lot of people say that. They say, well, I don't want to, you can't say that to God. And it's like, well, you already feel it. It's already there. Tell him where were you when you let me down and let him answer for himself, maybe. And what did I say last week? Lots of times our resentments are actually supposed to belong to people, and we put them on God. I'm giving you a lot. I know. I'm sorry. I just trust Holy Spirit that he can work it out for you. We see in Saul here is a form of surrender to God, but he still has his hand on the wheel. And if we're not purposeful, we can do the same thing, guys. It's, uh, what are some things that we might struggle controlling? Maybe those around us. Maybe always having opinions about how they should act or, or, or you really want to let them know. That's control, trying to steer other people's lives. What about tasks at work? Someone does something. You asked but didn't do it the way you want them to, so you do it over or change it. That's control. Saying that I have a lock on what is best, and I'm going to make it that way. That's a form of control, which is a close relative to pride. We won't get there today. See, here's the thing. In the kingdom of God, the currency is surrender, and control is absolutely out of bounds. That's reality. The currency, what you can, what you can stack up is Surrender. And the more surrender that we can offer to God, the more he's able to move in our lives as a sovereign God. Get your head around that one. So we all know people we'd call control freaks, or maybe we is all control freaks. But I want to pick this apart for a second. Ready? I want to point out something that God spoke to me. Uh, I was cooking chicken one night. The interesting thing about control is that those who struggle with it, controlling other people's situations, and being uncomfortable and out of control is this. The people who control the most are the ones who control themselves the least. Think about it. Think about the people you know that just run around and they're always got an opinion about everybody. And they're always this, this, this steering and controlling. Number one, they don't control themselves. And number two, they're the most miserable people we know. Drop the mic and walk away. That's the truth. They're swayed by their moods, situations, and other people's words and actions very easily because they're spending all their energy and resource trying to control around them when the only thing they're supposed to be controlling is themselves. And I got news for you. When you defy the natural order of things, you end up very frustrated in this life. Ah, man, I have so much to say, and that's page one. I don't want to keep you here all day, I don't, although I don't care about watching the Patriots game. I could not care less about the Patriots game. <laughs> anyway, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> yeah. um, so listen, also another thing about control is this. Controlling is exhausting. It's exhausting to have a job that you're doing that you were never hired for. It can be really, really misguided, misdirected, and it can even be disobedient. Nobody's here to conde- condemn or anything like that. But this is a mindset that's just not going to work. The only th- number two, the only thing we're supposed to and allowed to con- and called and told to control is ourselves. Um, he should, we should, they should, God should. We just got to stop with that. Here's the question you ask instead: How am I reacting to this? What are the things I'm saying? We stop and control ourselves. Now, man, I gotta omit some of this, guys, otherwise we'll be here forever, I, I apologize. <sighs> I wanna introduce a thought that, that is cuckoo Christian, and that's, that's fine, I'll just own it. Um, it. A lot of times in life, here's your default setting as human beings and what we have in society. Okay, here's the situation, here's what we're gonna do. and so we think, okay? You, you take on the input, you make a decision and you go. And lots of folks would say, that's cool. But I want to say this. I think that's not our, 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 our MO, how we're supposed to be in the kingdom of God. I think it's this. If we're a daughter or son of God with our faith in Christ Jesus, we say this. Okay, here's the situation. Here's what I'm going to do. We don't say that. We say, here's the situation. Father, what would you have me to do? And that right there is the great divide. Because lots of us folks, we can put our feet in the water and say, I'm trusting Jesus to save me. And that's true. What you do here does not affect that. I'm not saying that, but lots of folks will say, Lord Jesus, cool, but this is what I think I'm supposed to do in this situation. This is what, what I want to do. But I'm trying to say this. It's, we, we can get to a place where we're, here's the situation, Father, what would you have me to do? We're being led. And that is how we keep ourselves free from control. Remember what he says in John? He says, as the wind blows, so it is those who, you know, right? You never know where it's going. You never know where it comes from because they're led by the Holy Spirit but here's the problem with control only one person can have it it's not a percentage game i said that about something last week in other words bruce god can't have 70 percent of my you know control over this area of my life and 30 percent over here the reality is if you really dig it one person has say get it two people can't steer and direct and guide but we've lived a lie that like i'll control this over here and that over here but he can control this and nobody's coming at you not at all, because I believe God is beckoning us to a freer, stress-free, anxiety-free life where, spoiler, we do what he's telling us to do and trust him with the results. That's good, right? Let's keep moving. What do we got here? Corinthians, please. I'm going to show you this really quickly. Okay. The, one of the reasons this is important as well as this is because your body's the temple of the Holy Spirit. You've received, you're not your own, Your body, bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your body. You can read that one and feel all condemned. I think instead that's an urgency to say this. This isn't just a. uh, This is this is part of the journey of following Christ Jesus. This is not a suggestion. You have an ability. All right, hear me out. Every person in this room, as I'm seeing your eyes, you've been born at this time period. Nice choice. No, you didn't choose that. You didn't choose the family you're born into. You didn't choose the class. You didn't choose that job if you're being led by the Holy Spirit. But you all have been uniquely positioned to affect eternity with your sphere of influence. I can't affect Bruce's sphere of influence. It's his job. And he was bought at a price to do that. And what a joy and what a gift it is to do that. Do you understand? And we get to heaven and we, see, we get out of this realm of things. And, 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 and Jesus looks at Kirk and goes, yes, you did it, man. Look what you did. You, you let me affect my creation through you. Well done, my good and faithful servant. Get over here. Wow. And Kirk realizes, whoa, this is bigger than like how the sun hangs and the rings around Saturn don't matter compared to being used by the Lord, our God for what he wanted. And to celebrate that for all eternity, this is awesome. The currency in the kingdom of God that we spend is surrender. And we get to be used by the king. Isn't that amazing? What a privilege it is. Let's kick it into high gear. Here comes the wisdom part. Again, control is this. One person can have it. Number two, control is when, you ready? When you're carrying the burden or the responsibility of something you're not supposed to carry. Next slide, please. This will be good, guys. Set you free here today. Jesus says this. Take my yoke which y'all know from farming, and right? Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. I'm gentle, I'm humble in heart, and you'll find rest for your souls. Because here's the thing. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. And so if you're carrying a burden that is not light and not easy, then it's not the one Jesus is telling you to carry. (laughs) I feel like anxiety is your spirit's way of letting you know Something's out of order and you need to give control. Pain is my body's way of knowing something's wrong. Something's wrong with me, I better get get help. Something's out of balance, out of line, out of nature. Anxiety and crushingness, you know that feel your heaviness is your spirit's way of saying you're carrying something you're not supposed to. Warning, danger, danger. Isn't that amazing? And I'm here to set you free today. This is what Jesus came to set the captives free. Some of us are captive to burdens we're not supposed to be carrying for, for other people, for ourselves, for our country, for this area, whatever it may be for our workplace. If that's crushing you and you're feeling it, it's not the one Jesus gave you throw it off and take his really. Is this any good guys? You getting anything out of this? Okay, good. Well, I don't know, man. I mean, I, I deal with this. Absolutely. I mean, I absolutely deal with my yoke is easy my burden is light and some days i wake up and go i am being crushed by something and holy spirit goes you're carrying something that's mine hand that over right give it up and go figure again we'll rewind all the way through saul it wasn't your burden i you listen you guys show up but i fight for you isn't that the way the old testament goes isn't that the way it goes in our lives too we show up, God does the fighting, God wins the war, wins the battles, just like last week, right? Saul was carrying something that wasn't his in the name of control. It's out of balance. It's, it's against nature in, in a lot of ways. So again, I want to say this. You can do what you can, but you cannot control the results. Results are God's businesses and not yours. As I said before, as I'm painting a whole picture here, your job in these situations is to control you, do what he's called you to do, and then Stand. That's it. What do we got for this next one? Proverbs. I imagine that's what it's going to say. No, here you go. Because that's the truth right there anyway. You make plans. You think, the Bible even says, I'll go this way and that. I'll go to this city and that city. I'll get this education. I'll do this. I'll take that job. But honestly, who really determines your steps? And glory to God. I was out last night. I was out chucking wood. Not a good day to be loading wood outside. Poor planning on my part. And it was at night. I was like, why didn't I do this in the daytime? But I was out there and I've got a little puppy and he's annoying. But um, (laughs) he's like a five-month-old golden retriever. I'm just telling you that because all of a sudden the thought popped into my head. No, you know what? Alex said something. I don't know what we were doing, but he's like, Daddy, something about making music. Yeah, they write songs or something like that, right, Daddy? They make music? I'm like, yeah. I was like, bro, don't you know? Daddy did that for like, a lot of his life. Like, yeah. I mean, I've written hundreds of songs. I've been on the radio. I'm like, Daddy, that's what Daddy used to do. Because, okay, that was it. He was admiring someone on TV, and I got a little jealous. That's what it was. Your daddy sings too, yo. <laughs> you know what that's like. Don't act like, they come moment, and think this other kid's parents are awesome. You're like, they're not awesome. Right? That's, and that was kind of what I was like. cause like, Daddy sings too, bro. You know, I'm pretty good at that. But I was out there chucking wood, and what I thought of was this, was, um, I aimed my life toward, man, I aimed my life toward one thing. And I had control of it. And the plane tickets and going there and doing whatever, I was sure I was going to be there. But glory to God, he determines my steps. Because I sat out there holding one of my gloves. I got to replace that. I'm chucking wood. And I got every reason to be hemming and hawing. But I am so happy and fulfilled in my life. Can I just tell you that? And my life's not great. I'm not saying that. Situationally, it's not great. But I am so happy and fulfilled in my life. Can I tell you that? That if he determines our steps, do you know where a good father wants us to be? Maybe, not again, not with a Ferrari and not with no issues, but with a house that when the storms come doesn't fall. And I'm using his words on purpose, right? So, man, how good is this that if we give up control, we can trust and know that he's going to lead us to a place that's even beyond what we, what we could have. So that's the Proverbs sliders at Ephesians. That's Proverbs. Okay, let me kick it into gear here. So whose responsibility are results in our lives? It's pretty obvious, right? God. But it's a mind switch. So here's the thing. Ready? Let me give you practical stuff and then we'll go. This is what you'll hear. If I don't study, I'm not going to get the A. If I don't work hard, I might get fired. And if I don't this, if I don't that, if I don't this, I don't that, this is going to happen. And I want to tell you something. I'm going to challenge you right to the core. I don't believe that's this line of thinking at all. I don't. Here's me in college. I got this th- three years in or so. I realized this. Make this your own. If I do what I can do, that's all I can do. And when the results come down, I, I am to be unaffected by them. So all my, all my, coll- my uh, classmates, I, I was, <laughs> they hated me in some ways because again, I would not pull all-nighters. I would not stress. I would lay out in the sun in the spring in Plattsburgh, the first nice day when everybody's crunching because you know what, I've done my best, results aren't up to me. And I, I graduated with honors. And the thing is, I also never bought a textbook. I told you that before. That's just because they were so bloody expensive. 350 bucks the first semester, I was done. And that was like 10 years ago. <laughs> More than 10 years ago. <laughs> but here's the difference, Kirk. You ready for this? If I don't go to work, if I don't get there on time, if I don't do this, I don't do that, I'm going to get fired. Okay, there's one mind frame that's you controlling. Here's the, here's the other way you can do this. I'm going to go to work and do my best and come what may I'm going to be all right. God's got me. I'm going to do what I can do and I'm not going to worry about the rest of it. Isn't that different? So students, I'm going to study. I'm going to do what I can do. But ultimately, it's not up to me. Because if you think a test can screw up your, your life, then you don't know your God. If you think a job interview is going to derail your whole life, then we need to sit down, meet you, and Jesus and talk about who, who gets you where you're going, who determines your steps. You know how many jobs I should have gotten? Oh my gosh. I'm so glad I didn't. Cause he's the, he, I showed up to the interview. I did the best I could do. Whatever happens, I trust you, father. You know what jobs I shouldn't have gotten that I did get, including this one right here? No, seriously. Where'd you go to school for this, AJ? Wh- wait, what? There's a school for this sort of thing? <laughs> where, where, hey, what music did you learn? Well, what? You can't just teach yourself guitar and singing and preaching and all? God, God, God did all this. And the same with you guys. You know that. It's not if I don't do this, it's going to fail. That's fear, and fear is control as well. Instead, it's this. I've done what I can do. The results are up to him. When you do what you can do, you stand. Okay, really quickly here. I would also suggest you give up on picturing how God's going to do things in your life. Because lots of times, a way that we control is by saying it's got to look this way or it's not God, and it falls when it doesn't look that way. I've gotten to the point where I'm just done because he never does things the way I think he's going to do. Them. Even the way other people tell me, no, I'm serious. I'll throw one. Oh no, I can't. Cause Melanie wouldn't like that one. <laughs> I'm trying to respect that more, but things have never gone the way, for example, building a church, starting a church, Think of the church in my career, it has always gone the opposite of the way people would say it would go. Well, you're supposed to do this and this and this. Well, that doesn't work for us. And if I were to go here, we wouldn't be here anymore. We're doing things organically the way God tells us to do them. Because if I hold on to how it's supposed to look, man, we wouldn't be here anymore. It's just the way it goes. So I've just given up. I've just given up on that. Don't firm up the idea of what your journey is going to look like. Do we have a James slide? We're going to need to skip some. This is a trap too right here. If Brian, yeah, well, You who say today or tomorrow we're going to go to this, we're going to do that, we're going to spend a year here, carry on business and make money, stop. Your education system will tell you to do this. They'll tell you to do that. Map it out. Make a plan. What's your major? Have you declared your major? You're six years old now. You better know what you're going to do the rest of your life. For real. It's against God. So reject that. That's fine. Instead, here's what we do. You don't even know what will happen tomorrow, says creator of all universe. What is your life? You are a mist. The spray, remember? Havel out of uh, Ecclesiastes. You're a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say this. If this is the Lord's will, we'll... Look. That's exactly what I'm saying. I'm so glad I pulled that up. It's exactly what I'm saying. And the cool part is this. If you're not having to steer and drive and stay up all night, and blah, you get to just chill. You ever wonder why Jesus was sleeping in the stormy boat? Because he understood this. No one takes Jesus's life. No one's going to take your life without God knowing that. Do you know that? I lay it down, he says. Do you understand? No one's going to take your career. No one's going to take the provisions God's given you. Oh, oh God says, I was, I was off my post. What happened? You went bankrupt. Oh, let's see that one coming. No, let's get practical here. Oh, you, you got sick. Oh, were you not? Michael, were you not watching? Oh, my God. Did you get it? So you lay in your bed and you wonder. You do what you can do. Get exercise, eat right. But you getting exercise and eating right is not going to keep you healthy. Ho, 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 ho. Suck on that one for a while. It's true. It's absolutely true because you know who demands our lives when it's time? The Lord our God, the creator and sustainer of life. So you know what you can do? Make good choices. Cool. And then relax. Do you get it? Now I understand why Jesus says life and life to the fullest. Because I love watching your demeanor change as we break this stuff and you guys get lighter. And you leave here and you're like, this is better. This is nice. <laughs> I don't have to steer and control and worry. and exa- No, not at all. So let me, let me get out of here. Yes, okay, okay, okay. Anxiety is the mind's way of telling you you're seeking control. Okay, but instead we've got a, next slide, please. Instead we've got this. If anxiety creeps up, which is, your, which is your body's way of letting you know you're seeking control, here's what you do. You start talking to God about it with a grateful heart and you talk to him specifically about it. And then what will happen is there's this mathematical formula that peace will come upon you and it'll guard your heart and your mind. I say this all the time. And if you cook or bake, you, you follow a recipe, correct? A little bit of this, a little bit of that, a little bit of that. So ready? Prayer and petition. Add some thanksgiving with a grateful heart, right? And present your requests. And what's going to come out of the oven? Peace that protects you from, look at the bottom, that even protects you and guards your heart and your mind from you. <laughs> Too bad. Hang out for a second. I'm trying to rush through this, but this is, you need this. We need this. Transcends, understand. this piece is going to guard your heart and your mind. You ever wonder what it's guarding it from? You don't need a guard unless you're under attack. Hello. This piece that comes out, Bon, when it comes out of the oven, it's going to guard your heart and mind from you. From your neuroses and anxieties and your 10 o'clock worrying in bed. Get it? So there's the recipe. And that's where we're going to close it down. God breaks the power of these harmful patterns in our lives, you guys. Uh, And we realize that, yeah, one person can steer, right? I'm not going to control. I'm going to surrender. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to sing Good Father. And we're going to pray together. And we're just going to say this. We're going to say, Lord, teach me how to surrender. Show me areas I'm controlling. And I just want to give it over. I just want to give it up sometimes in scripture and even in lives that you've known the greatest moment is when someone says that's it i'm done i'm done i got nothing left and god goes finally oh my gosh come here all right sit here now i'll take the wheel thank that took a while (laughs) did you get it though at the end of us is christ jesus so let's sing good father remind ourselves about this